Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in Nuggets. Today's episode, we have some news to talk about. Those uh, news topics being the schedule dropping for the upcoming regular season and the FIBA qualifier that Jokic played against Vlako Chanchar, uh, Serbia versus Slovenia. Those two topics are the relevant things that have happened. Uh, there's also a video of Jamal Murray playing against guys in the gym that dropped, and he looks good. He had... Uh, multiple step backs that looked good. You know, he uh, looked fully healthy outside of those three, whatever. Uh, anyways, today I am joined by my lovely co-host as always, Gage Bridgeford. How you doing, man? Doing well. Glad to be back to talk more Nuggets basketball. Glad to actually have Nuggets basketball to talk rather than just sitting here talking about um, X factors and other superlatives and doing the boring off season stuff. So now we are, we have news for at least a week. I'm sure that next week we will have nothing and have to come up with a random topic again, but for now we got something to talk about and I'm excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just dive right into it. Uh, yes. Yesterday, I believe it was uh, the nugget schedule dropped and there are 82 games, obviously. And there are some interesting tidbits with the schedule technically speaking they have one of the easiest schedules in the league but they also travel the most in the league i believe uh like five thousand more miles than the average team or something to that effect that's a little weird to me uh i i kind of get it because they're in the middle of the country you know they're having to bounce to both coasts or whatever but it's still something uh, what what do you make of that specific as, uh, aspect of it? You know, I think the whole easiest, hardest schedule thing is always um, kind of ridiculous. I don't uh, like. I don't get how you like. Do you just say, oh, they had the easiest schedule based on the teams they played last year and like the records last year? I mean, if that's what you're basing it on, you're gonna sit here and be like, well, is it really the easiest schedule? I mean, teams got better from last year, like. The Lakers aren't the best. They're st- they're going to be better than they were last year, presumably. The like the, there's just there's teams that played last year that are going to be better this year. So I I don't really put too much stock in the whole easiest versus most difficult, especially when you consider Denver is going to travel the most of any Western Conference team. They're traveling over fifty thousand miles next season, which is five thousand more than the average Western Conference team next year. And like you said, they are in the middle of the country, but still. That's like that's a lot of travel. That's going to wear on you over the course of a season. Like spending months upon months with the same group of people in close quarters and being and traveling together that much is going to be. It's going to be a lot. Um, and the whole start and for however easy the schedule is, the fact that they play thirteen of their first nineteen games on the road 
I wouldn't call that easy. I wouldn't call that an easy start to the year, especially when you got at Utah, which Utah is going to be worse, and they might not have Donovan Mitchell, but still, it's at Utah. Then at Golden State, then you play Oklahoma City, and then at Portland. Then you play the Lakers at home, Utah at home, and then at the Lakers. So over the so in the first like several games there, you're playing the Lakers twice, you're playing Utah twice, and then you're playing at Golden State for your second game of the season. Which even if like Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. back ready to go, I I don't think either. We've talked about it before. I don't think either one of them is going to be a full go from day one. So you're probably going to be a little hampered in those first few games just while you get those guys up to speed after being off for so long like murray hasn't played live game reps since april of last year mike Ford jr hasn't played live game reps since i believe it was november of last year so it's gonna take those guys a little bit to get going and so even if you have a like the easiest quote-unquote schedule and there are some softer games in there there's that's still not the easiest schedule and it doesn't get much better at boston uh, a few games later you play in at Chicago, so there's a four game road trip in there on uh, the first uh, the first couple weeks of the season. You play then home against New York, and then back to back, or then you play two games in Dallas. And then there, so there's there's some tough games still mixed in that early part of the schedule where Denver could start out the year slow, which it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen that happen uh, with Denver over the last few years, and they generally bounce back. But slow starts are never the best. Yeah, I. I'm particularly uh, wary of the Golden State game. I think it's pretty likely that at least Jamal Murray rests in that game because it's not only at Golden State, but it's the first game of a back-to-back before the home opener. And I'm going to assume they're going to play Jamal Murray in the home opener and Michael Porter Jr. in the home opener. So if they're resting those two on back-to-backs, I'd expect the Golden State game to be without those two. And... That puts them in a, in a hard place because it's the Golden State game is on ESPN. It's a marquee game. You know, players want to do good on national TV and they might not have their best foot forward uh, to offer then. And as you mentioned, 13 of their first 19 are going to be on the road. That's a lot of road games. They're not uh, going to have a home a home stand of three or more games until mid December. They have the only back-to-back home games they have are going to be the Lakers in Utah. Like you mentioned, they have Houston at home twice at the end of November. And then they have Utah and Washington uh, at on the 10th and the 14th of December. And then they have Charlotte, Memphis, Portland, Phoenix, four games in a row uh, on uh, the 18th through the Phoenix game, which is the Christmas game. Uh, also, yeah, that came out before we, uh, since the last episode, Nuggets basketball is returning to Christmas. Uh, they're going to be playing the late game against Phoenix on Christmas. But up until that point, they will not have a home stretch longer than two games. And... Then January gets easier. That's where most of their home games will lie. I believe they have a majority home game in that stretch. But then February, they have more away games than they do home games. March, it's even split. And then April, they also have more away games than they do home games. So I'm a little worried about all the travel, considering the injury concerns with some of these guys, uh, especially with the slow starts that even 
when healthy, like Jamal Murray gets off to and the team in general gets off to, I am, I wouldn't be surprised if they started off uh, sputtering out of the gate and then eventually picked it back up around December. Yeah, kind of looking through the schedule here, you mentioned that in January they have more home games than away games. They have a total of five road games in January, and three of the three of those five are in the are in the last four of the month. So they have uh, they have one game in Minnesota on the second, one game in against the Clippers on the thirteenth, and then they play three straight road games uh, on a Tuesday, Wednesday, and a Saturday against uh, New Orleans, Milwaukee, and Philly before returning home for a three game homestand. So they do have some like January is a, that is a month that you, you want Denver to do well in that month. And they, it's not the easiest schedule. It starts off Boston on new year's day. And that's right after they played Miami on uh, December 30th. So then they have Boston at home at, and then at Minnesota. And then they come back to have Clippers, Cleveland, Lakers, Phoenix, and then at the Clippers uh, again, and then Orlando, Portland, Minnesota, Indiana, Oklahoma City, and then I already mentioned the three-game road uh, road trip: New Orleans, Milwaukee, Philly. So that I think January is going to be a big month because you need Denver's had traditionally a great home, like they've been great at home over the last several years. Last year they had kind of a downturn. I kind of attributed that more to just being hamstrung with injuries. With you're not you don't have your second, third best players. You're gonna come up short a little more often at home than normal so so january i think should be a big month for them um and yeah i'm going to concede that they're going to start the season slow because i'm not surprised by it so every time when the season starts slow and denver's eight and nine or eight and eight after 16 games i'm not gonna panic because i mean that's what everybody else is going to do because it's what happens every single year and then denver just goes on one of those runs I just I have confidence in this team and this coaching staff to get Denver right and get them on a run after they start a little slow. So I'm not going to be too concerned about that. But I think that at the end of the year is ultimately where uh, could what could make or break uh, Denver's season in terms of playoff seating. So in March they finish their final nine games are home against Milwaukee, Philly, and New Orleans, and then at Phoenix and then home against Golden State, and then away at Houston, Phoenix, and Utah, and then home against Sacramento to finish the year. That is a strong stretch of teams. You have Milwaukee, Philly, and Golden State, and then two games against Phoenix. So that's those are three – those are four Those are four teams that everybody can expect to probably finish in the top half of their conference or top half of their conferences or top even third of their conferences. Uh, and then – like at Houston, we don't know what this young Houston team will be at that point of the year. We don't know what Utah is going to be. Like Utah, if they still have Donovan Mitchell, that game at near the end of the year could be really tough. Uh, if they don't have Mitchell because they traded him by then, which wouldn't be surprising to me, uh, then that game could be much easier. But you still got to win the easy ones. Uh, and also, I think New Orleans could be a good team. Like I think if New Orleans made the playoffs this year, I wouldn't be at all surprised. I think that they have a lot of talent on that roster. And just if everybody can stay healthy at the same time, they could – I think they could make a lot of noise and it's just a matter of health, which I mean, that's what you could say about every single team, but I think New Orleans specifically, I like a lot of the pieces they have. It's just a matter of putting it all together at the same time. Yeah. I really like New Orleans. New Orleans is going to be a very, very fun team uh, this upcoming season. And also uh, Denver has struggled with the Pelicans a lot over the past few seasons because, you know, uh, they're a very quick athletic young team who 
runs a lot and Denver is typically in the bottom 10 of in pace in the league. Now that might change a bit this season. We'll see, but you know, especially towards the end of the season when guys are tired and all that sort of thing, going against a team like that uh, could potentially be tough. They will have Zion back uh, assuming he stays healthy. They'll have Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, uh, CJ McCollum, you know, they, they added some nice guys this year and like Dyson Daniels. They have a lot of talent and I expect them to be a playoff team. Uh, so they will be going a very difficult last stretch of the season. They won't be able to just, you know, uh, lollygag their way through, through the last couple of months. I hope you would hope that they wouldn't do that anyways, but yeah, we will certainly see how resilient this team still is and they're known for their resiliency. So I still have faith that they will work everything out, but I think it's it'll be an interesting stretch of games, not only to start the season, but also to end the season because you assume slow start and you hope for a strong finish. But with the tough stretch of games that they're going to be playing, you wonder how they're going to handle that, you know. In reg- by the way, in regards to their uh, slowness, uh, like slow pace of play, I looked up. They have actually been in the like they've been below average in pace of play every season since 2016. 2017 was the last year that they had an above average pace of play. After, other than that, it's been below average severely every single year since then. I think they were 1.9 uh, possessions faster in pace of play that year, and then they were they've been negative uh, every other year. They've been slower every other year since. Um, I don't really know. Do you have much else to add here on the schedule? Or do you want to talk a little bit of uh, Eurobasket um, before we get out of here? Because, I mean, the schedule, it's really heavy. Uh, Eastern Conference in March, we talked about we think a slow start could happen. Could they start hot because there's some easier teams in there? Yeah, but I'm also not going to count on it just based on how this team has traditionally started and with MPJ and Murray produ- presumably getting limited to start the season. And other, and then, like we said, we want a strong start to the end of the year, but that end stretch is not the easiest. So it could be a very interesting year and you're really hoping for some big wins in the middle, like that meaty middle part of the season. Yeah, it will certainly be uh, an interesting season. Uh, hopefully a exciting season, you know, because the fans deserve to have excitement. And also there are a lot of nationally televised games this season. I, I believe it was 26. A lot of those are going to be on NBA TV, but there are a good share on ESPN and TNT, which is a nice uh, thing to see considering, you know, the TV deal is still not done and games will, unless something changes, still be blacked out to start the season. So it's good to see national TV games outside of that. I don't really have anything to add that we haven't gotten to already. So with Eurobasket uh, getting underway, qualifiers are starting and uh, Jokic is playing for Serbia. Yesterday, if if you got to watch the game, you know he played very, very well. He dropped 26 points. He dropped uh, 12 rebounds and had six assists. He got to the line a lot, shot 16 times, didn't make a ton of them, only made, I believe, 10. and. No, he went 12. It was 12 of 17. Uh, Did not shoot fantastic from the line. Didn't shoot as bad as you would assume 
uh, off of social media. But one thing that stuck out to me watching the game was his ability to get to the line had improved from the NBA season to now. And it was, he was getting better. uh, He was getting guys to jump more. He was getting guys to, he was putting himself in a better position to get these fouls. It wasn't just easier calls. Uh, And I thought that was an interesting little tidbit. But outside of that, it was the Jokic we all know. We all know he's so great. And he showed that yesterday. Yeah, it's good to see uh, Jokic getting to the line, uh, especially. I mean, there's not, like, that's the main focus, right, is Jokic's ability to get to the line. And who knows, maybe the NBA will hire referees that have uh, that have good glasses prescriptions uh, this season instead of continuing to watch Jokic walk away with bloody arms and scratches everywhere. And then everyone is confused. Well, Jokic doesn't get free throws. It's That's his fault. It's have you do you pay attention to what happens in Nuggets games? I mean, Embiid goes and yeah, Embiid gets hacked a lot. But this whole nonsense that Jokic is soft and doesn't play aggressive and doesn't try and initiate contact, it's like, no, go go watch the games and then come back to me. Jokic gets hit a lot and Eurobasket refs are paying attention to that. Uh I think that I think he'll get those free throw issues ironed out. I'm not too concerned about it. I mean, Jokic has been especially in clutch situations, a great free throw shooter over the last uh, couple of years. And so I'm not really hugely concerned about that. I'm glad to see that he's staying in basketball shape though. And I think that the stuff that he's doing here is only going to just, he's going to stay in shape and he's going to be ready to go when the season starts. I think that everybody knows this team goes as Jokic goes. And so having him stay in basketball shape, stay active and stay ready to go is only going to, help mitigate some of those slow start concerns and it'll make life a little easier on everybody if hey your MVP is coming in in great shape kind of kind of the opposite of how Luca has come in the last couple of years Luca for Dallas has come in a little slow he generally comes in a little heavier and it's not great I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen this year I'm just saying that's what's happened the last couple of years so if Jokic can stay in shape and stay ready to go and hit the ground running that'll only make everything easier for everybody else on the team. Cause it's like, Hey, we got our stud is going. So let's all feed off of that. And let's all roll with him and what he's doing. Yeah. I feel good about, you know, the production he put up yesterday. He looked like Jokic. He was moving well, all that sort of jazz. So if you are starving for nuggets uh, in Jokic basketball, Watch Eurobasket. Uh, they have some representation. Slovenia, Vlako Chanchar, uh, looked very good yesterday. He hit the biggest shot of the game to win it. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, outside of that, I got nothing else to add. Anything you want to say before we bounce? Nope. As per usual, you can find all of my all the links to all of my work, whether it's Nuggets or fantasy football or betting related, uh, on my Twitter at NFL. I'll have a uh, new... Film Friday or new Film Friday uh, edition or article out this morning when you guys are listening to this, um, and I'll still be putting those out every single week. And then as the season gets closer and closer, I'll probably be putting out more content during the rest of the week. And for those of you that are listening that are into fantasy football or football or betting content at all, I will be doing some more work in regards to that uh, for Rotoballer this season, so you can find. Uh, you can be on the lookout for that over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, other than that, thank you for listening. You can find my work uh, as always on just follow me on Twitter. That's probably the easiest place to find all my stuff. I'll be posting at a lot of different venues this season. So 
uh, instead of telling all of it, just follow me on Twitter. The links will be there. Uh, you can find my Nuggets related stuff on Stiffs. Outside of that, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.